0: It's the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've got Brian Batko, and we're breaking all things down. Steelers, Niners, are these teams much closer to each other than people realize? We'll discuss that topic and those similarities and the differences all here on a preview of the big week one matchup. I'm here at Mike's Beer Bar. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko. We are both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where you can find all the great coverage that we have here at the city of Pittsburgh, but especially from our sports department as we break things down, all things sports. And today, it's all Steelers all the time, getting you ready for week one. As always, this show is brought to you by the place that I'm in right now, and that's Mike's Beer Bar. Come here to the best bar in Pittsburgh. It's right on the North Shore, across the street from PNC Park. And listen... It's not just the best place for beer as they over 500 beers, 300 local beers, 80 of those local beers, craft beers on tap that you can try out. But also, it's a great place to catch any game that you're trying to get. If you're a big NFL fan and you can't get your team, you're, from, you're, you're in Pittsburgh with your teams out of town. You can get the the Sunday ticket right here. You can even reserve a table with the Sunday ticket. We'll talk more about all the things you can do here at Mike's because it is such a great place to be. I'm here on an er early morning Thursday, breaking things down before the the crowd gets in here. But, Brian, we got to talk about the crowd that's going to be at Ackershire Stadium and what they're about to see because these are two teams that if you look on paper – they are constructed in very similar ways. You have two, the, the last two defensive players of the year in Nick Bosa and TJ Watt, both coming off the edge. You both you got star safeties, make Fitzpatrick a little bit higher of a profile than Hufanaga, but still, he's still very talented. You have tough defensive lines. You have talented players on offense, whether it's Kittle to Fryermuth or McCaffrey to Harris. You have Debo Samuel and George Pickens and Yante Johnson. There's a lot of things similar on paper But what are the things that you look at that you say, man, like these two teams could be looking in a mirror in this matchup?
1: Yeah, it's it's like uh, Dr. Evil talking to Austin Powers. We're not so (laughs) different. You and I. That's what I imagine Kyle Shanahan and Mike Tomlin would be saying to each other if if they were hanging out before this game. Yeah, I mean, it is just uh, it's, it's two teams that I think, you know, you go through and the depth charts are very solid. They're they're two of the best rosters. In the NFL, but it all is going to come down to second-year quarterbacks and Kenny Pickett and Brock Purdy, both I think charged with similar tasks this season. Number one, don't screw it up because you do have good supporting casts. <laughs> Number two, try to elevate uh, the guys around you as as much as you can. That's that's easier said than done for a first-round talent like Pickett than a seventh rounder like Purdy who was. Mr. Irrelevant this time a year ago. And then next thing you know, he's he's blossoming into a a guy who's uh, in the running for offensive rookie of the year and has the Niners in the NFC championship game. So, uh, you know, very, very impressive rise from him. But Pickett was kind of quietly uh, getting better, too, over the the second half of his rookie season. So it's it's pretty fascinating from that standpoint. You know, I think both guys are are kind of viewed as distributors and Mm -hmm. game managers at, you know, Football versions of point guards at this point, um, but it'll it'll be a chance for both of them to prove themselves and prove what they're going to be in year two on Sunday. While, like you uh, acknowledge there, Chris, a lot of moving parts around them that can you know, in the case of a George Pickens or a George Kittle, wow, this, both these teams have Georges too, who might be their best pass yeah, catchers, yeah. which I just realized. Um, Kittle uh, is, is tight with Pat Fryermute; they worked out. Together in Nashville this offseason at uh, at tight end university. So a lot of similarities. Ray Ray McLeod is on the 49ers in case you missed <laughs> it. Javon Hargrave is on the 49ers. Quan Alexander played for them and is now in Pittsburgh. So plenty of connections, but you know, it's it's gonna be difficult for both sides to match up with the likes of TJ Watt and Nick Bosa, respectively. It's gonna be difficult for both secondaries to contain uh, the diverse array of weapons that each quarterback has at their disposal. And I think you know, maybe as much as we've discussed the quarterback play, the ability of of either side's defensive backs to hold up could end up being a, a very critical matter in this game.
0: Absolutely. Before we continue, I want to remind you guys with this being sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, what we do here on the Friday episode of the North Shore Drive podcast. We talk about some of the great beer options here. Again, they have over 500 beers. Here's their, the flight of the, the Friday flight that we're gonna do on this show today. Leading off with the first beer in Friday flight, which I encourage you if you come to Mike's Beer Bar, whether you're in for the Steelers game on Sunday or the Pitt game on Saturday or any Pirates game action that you got. Get this Friday flight, which is leading off with Penn Oktoberfest. This is the Oktoberfest beer from Penn Brewery, one of the most established breweries in Pittsburgh. And Mike's, again, has it right here, along with a lot of other options. But Penn Oktoberfest, if you're looking for an Oktoberfest beer, it's tough to find ones that are better than this and more Pittsburgh than this. So come to to Mike's Beer Bar. Try their Penn's Oktoberfest. We'll get to the other beers here. We have another Penn beer that I want to talk about next that I think is really fantastic. But, Brian... I want to continue with your thoughts there. The secondary is going to play a big factor in this, in, in this game. The Steelers have veterans that they've added. They, didn't, they weren't able to keep Cam Sutton. They added uh, Patrick Peterson. They, they still have Levi Wallace, Joey Porter Jr. You, know, you expect him to come in at some point just in, as part of a rotation, but they added Desmond King in the slot with Shannon Sullivan. What do you think is the, uh, is, is the outlook as far as who's going to get preference at the cornerback position and how it's going to be the rotation with the Steelers' safeties?
1: I think they're trying to figure that out, and it, it could be you know a, a hot hand type of thing throughout the game. And obviously, it's going to be situational too. I mean, the first domino to fall there is: does Des, is Desmond King even active for Week One? I tend to Good think he, he I tend to think he won't be, uh, given that he was a, a late addition to this defense. But at the same time, you know, you brought him in for a reason, and you trust the guy with his veteran uh, experience and playmaking ability over the course of his career. So I tend to think that it's it's going to be Chandon Sullivan and or Elijah Riley. For most of this game and you know maybe Riley holds up a little better in running situations maybe Sullivan is out there on on more of the passing downs depending on who the Niners have lined up so uh, that's kind of a a similar predicament that the Niners find themselves in you know they lost their veteran slot corner Jimmy Ward in, in free agency and you know they've tried to replace him now with kind of a a smorgasbord of young players who some big, some small, um, you know, it, is that an area where the Steelers can exploit them? That remains to be seen because you've got Allen Robinson working in there. Maybe you'll see Calvin Austin in there at times. And and obviously, you know, Pat Friermuth is a problem for every defense, but the Niners kind of have a tight end cheat code in uh, Fred Warner and inside linebacker. So um, I think the Steelers secondary is going to be a, uh, a big time by committee approach. It's going to be a revolving door of sorts throughout the game. You you stick with who's playing well. You roll with certain guys in certain circumstances that you think they are better equipped to handle. And that's going to be you know a, a big challenge for Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin on the coaching aspect of that side of the ball is knowing who to have in there and when pushing the right buttons with your personnel, because that's what Omar Khan and Andy Weidel did for you this offseason. They gave you a lot of answers defensively. Now you got to know when to check those boxes.
0: I want to talk about Mink Fitzpatrick's role in that secondary in a second here, but also I want to talk about what I think is the best beer of this flight that I'm introducing y'all to, and that's the Penn IPA. If you like IPAs, it's hoppy. It's, if it tastes fresh, it's the, no, it's, it's the second beer in the option, and it's a perfect combination. If you're do- trying flights, if you want to go from the Oktoberfest to the IPA, you might think, like, that's not a normal transition, but it certainly is. Again, check out the Friday flights here at Mike's Beer Bar. There's over 500 beers available, and we're going to talk about four of them here throughout the show. But Penn IPA, fantastic beer, and I'm sure that you'll get a lot of that at Penn Brewery too. But come to Mike's Beer Bar so you can get that on top of all the other options we have. But, Brian, with the Steelers Secondary, Minka of Fitzpatrick is the X factor here where he lines up, I think could be a lot different than he, where he's lined up over the past few years, just with his, with his versatility. It's been something the Steelers have been able to flex too much because they haven't had as many guys who could play, you know, the deep safety role or the backed off coverage role that he normally does. Uh, you know, normally if Minka of Fitzpatrick, switching out of that, he's switching into a robber role. But should we expect Minka Fitzpatrick to line up on so many different parts of the field so that it makes it tougher for Brock Purdy and quarterbacks all season long to know where he is at any given time?
1: Certainly could. And, and they've. Ta- I feel like they've talked about that for years with Minka. It seems like it's been an evolution of his game a little bit to become less tethered to that deep post position and, yeah, try to get around the ball. It'll be interesting this week because Purdy's a guy who, you know, you might assume that as a seventh rounder, as somebody who's not the biggest, I think he's listed at one doesn't have a cannon for an arm. You, you might assume that he plays the, the game very conservatively, but that's not necessarily the case. You know, he likes to take some chances at times. And, you know, I even remember talking to uh, late of the Steelers, Hakeem Butler, who played with Purdy at, at Iowa State. Uh, you know, he was – Brock was brought up at some point in training camp in Latrobe, and Butler said, yeah, he used to you know, just kind of throw the ball up to me, and, and I would do the rest. So he is a guy who will give his playmakers a chance – uh, to to go up and get it. But that also gives defensive backs a chance. And in Mika Fitzpatrick's case, there aren't many safeties who do it better than him. Now, Kyle Shanahan might try to rein that in from his second-year quarterback as as they go into this season opener and try to have a little bit more of a formulaic plan for how to attack the Steelers' defense, which I think can, you know, that can be an advantage for, for the Steelers in Week 1, but that mm-hmm. could also be a disadvantage when you have all this time to prepare. You haven't seen really what their offense is going to be. Uh, you know this season so everybody's coming in fresh and I think another you know interesting uh, subplot to this game uh, not just you know on the Minka front because yes the Steelers can can roll out new wrinkles too that the Niners haven't seen but for both sides these are two unfamiliar opponents starting the season against each other I mean they only play each other every four years yep. occasionally can play more than that with the new 17th game but you know, you look at the the success the Steelers had the last couple of years in season openers. They did that against the Bills and Bengals, two teams they know very well. Very few surprises there. It'll be a little bit different against this Niners team that they haven't seen since Minka Fitzpatrick's first game in the black and gold. And obviously, uh, a lot was different with their personnel back then.
0: It certainly was on both sides. On both sides of the ball, each team was very different than what they what they are now. We'll get to other aspects of this matchup. We'll also take a question that has been asked to Brian through our mailbag and we'll talk about that on the other side of this break but first i want to remind you this place that i'm in right now is mike's beer bar it's right in the north shore across the street from pnc park and it's the best bar in pittsburgh when you come here you can come here on the north shore if you're attending a steelers pirates or Pitt games here in the north shore of pittsburgh it's right across the street from pnc park on federal street they have the best beer selection in town as well as amazing food options and that includes also 20 televisions that have over 20 televisions excuse me where they, you can catch all your nfl college football premier league action whatever Every sport that you're into, they've got the TVs for it and they got the connections for it. Mike has even told me they're going to have the Duquesne game up when they're up against West Virginia on the TV. So
1: I was talking to Christian Coots about that yesterday in come. the locker room.
0: You can get some Duquesne football right here at Mike's Beer Bar on top of the 500 different available beers, 300 of those being local beers and 80 of those local beers being craft beers available on tap at any point in time. Do a flight like I'm doing right here with the Friday Flights episode that we do here on the North Shore Drive podcast, and you'll never run out of options because I never do, and I'm always here. Try their Steak on a Stone for an awesome meal. Where when you choose a steak on a stone, you can choose the cut of steak that you want. You can also cut off, as you cut off each piece, you press it into this heated stone right in front of you so you choose how much you want your your steak cooked whether you want it rare, medium rare, medium medium med- uh, medium well, well done. Don't ever do well done. You're crazy. All those options though available to you when you cook your steak on a stone at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh and when you do, tell them Chris sent you. <laughs> Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Brian Batko, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers here at the Post-Gazette. I'm here at Mike's Beer Bar. Brian is at home, and uh, we're talking We're talking all things Steelers, but Brian, you had a question that I thought was very interesting that was brought up, and it, it can kind of let us kind of dip into a few aspects of things here, but in your mailbag, you had one person, uh, uh, Barry, ask...
1: Well, this was not in the mailbag,
0: but we're we're doing an exclusive I, mailbag question right. for the show. Yes. Right, but questions that have been asked of you, uh, right. you know, publicly and this is a Twitter uh, one, pretty vague, but I think it
1: could lead yeah, it could lead to an interesting discussion.
0: But this this is part of the question involving Najee Harris not being a team captain anymore and uh, Kenny Pickett getting the captain role. But if you look at what the Steelers did, they had five captains last year. They had Najee Harris and Mitch Trubisky on top of Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and Miles Killebrew. This year there's just no Najee Harris and it's just Kenny Pickett. What's your reading as far as why that decision was made? Mike Tomlin said that there wasn't anything that anyone did to not be a captain, but do you buy that?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, this yeah, this fellow on Twitter, uh, Barry Menow, Me i not sure mm-hmm. how to say his last name, but he said, uh, you know, Najee had to have known that was going to happen, right? And I don't necessarily agree with that because, like you said, Chris, there's no rule that you can't have more than one captain on each side of the ball. The Steelers just had two last year with the quarterback and the running back. Uh, last I checked, you can have even more than that if you want. The Niners have six captains. Uh, yeah. The Steelers have never really uh, strayed too far into those waters because it gets just a little crowded, I think. But uh, I, I thought it was a little strange that that it played out this way. I'm not sure what to make of it. You know, There is recent precedent for this just a couple years ago. TJ Watt had been a captain in 2020, I believe it was. And then in 2021, he was not while he was working on that new deal. Um, you know, I think the the reasoning for that was kind of obvious at the time. You know, he wasn't practicing fully. Um, I don't know if that was a message that was sent, but either way, I mean, everybody kind of shrugged it off that year and he got the deal done. He dominated. He, um, you know, came back and, you know, he was a captain again last season, so Uh, That was all water under the bridge. Maybe that's how it'll play out for Najee Harris, but I can't not raise an eyebrow when you just eliminate a captain spot entirely for a guy who is still on the team, is still in the same position as a starter. And as far as I can tell, you know, didn't do anything to, to lose captaincy. And that's probably a whole other discussion, too, is what relevance does being a captain even have in the NFL? Honestly, not much. You go to the midfield. For the coin toss, you wear a certain patch on your chest. And both guys talked about this on Wednesday. Pickett said you don't need a C on your jersey to be a leader on this team or any team. And we know that's always been the case. Micah Fitzpatrick is not a captain, but he has uh, a lot of sway in that defensive meeting room. Now on the offensive side of the ball, you know, guys like Deontay Johnson and Mason Cole for the offensive line. I mean, they all have strong voices, I think, in that room. But again, it's just a little bit of a head scratcher. I don't know if we're to take from this that Najee didn't like being a captain and didn't really care to be one again. Maybe he felt like that leadership was a lot for him. I mean, he personally said he's not worried about it as long as they're winning. It's a team sport. Everybody's behind Kenny. Kenny's the guy. Uh, It's just something that I noticed, and it's not something that's very typical of the Steelers when a guy who was a captain one year comes back in the same position, same status and everything, and is not a captain the next year. Just
0: thought. It is odd, and I will say this. It makes me wonder if there was an exception made last year because remember this time last year, Everyone was wondering, could Mitch Trubisky be the guy? Could he? Could he be the free agent pickup that's going to balance the Steelers' offense and keep things heading in the right direction? Turned out that wasn't the case. But this was before we knew that Kenny Pickett was going to, you know, get in by Week Four and then see what Kenny Pickett did, and, and all the hype that's been built up to Kenny Pickett. Before all of that could happen, Mitch Trubisky was the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it makes me wonder if this—that that, you know—we always know that you know, they say, "Oh, that the, the players vote on who's captain. The players make those cho- those, those choices." I wonder if the Steelers stepped in last year and said, you know, what? we need to give Mitch a boost of confidence right here because he needs to understand that we want him to to, to be able to lead this offense when it's time for a quarterback to lead this offense. And I I wonder if that was part of the the system there was maybe adding him in there. Najee Harris was the guy that was kind of the face of the offense going into last season uh, from the way that he played in Ben Roethlisberger's last year and kind of being the factor that was going to try to carry over the Steelers offense into the era that it is now. But now that Kenny Pickett's been on the team, I think it's very different. I don't think there's anyone that has to tell Kenny Pickett that he's a leader. I think it's just everyone acknowledges that he is a leader, and that there isn't a there isn't a divide there, a question anymore. Because like Mitch Trubisky last year, like okay, he's the quarterback, but he wasn't the the, the face of the offense. He wasn't the the, the the voice in the room that everyone wanted to rally around at all times. Kenny Pickett is that guy. When we talk to Pat Fryman, Dan Moore Jr., Cam Hayward, anybody that's on the on the Steelers, they attest to how Pickett not only you know challenges himself, but challenges others on the team. I think that might be it, is that it's less about Najee Harris and more about last year they had a quarterback they wanted to instill confidence in, and this year they have a co- quarterback that they have confidence in.
1: But again, Chris, you can have two. That's what I don't understand. I agree. Like, I nobody's agree. saying that. that Kenny Pickett is not a good choice for captain. Obviously, he is... The best choice for captain. Basically, I've, I've looked this up before. I think I looked it up last year when, around this time, we weren't necessarily sure one who was going to be the starter and two who were going to be the captains. Uh, just about every team in the league has a quarterback uh, as their as one of their captains. You know, sometimes if you've got a veteran stopgap like a Trubisky last year, that doesn't happen. Sometimes if you have a rookie stepping into that role, that doesn't happen. But you know, that part of it is like very easily explainable. The other part that is not as easily explainable is, yeah, just, you know, why, uh, why one, why no other voices from the offense, especially from a guy in your starting running back who we, we heard Mike Tallman talk all last off season about how they were cultivating his leadership with guys like Cam Hayward, kind of showing him how to carry that mantle. And uh, yeah, again, maybe it's not a big deal, but, uh, and I should mention too, you know, these things do happen. Derek Watt was a special teams captain one year, the next year he was like, I don't know, but that's special teams. This is, To me a little different and uh i don't know just just something to to maybe keep an eye on you know keep in your back pocket as things could get a little dicey down the road with Najee harris with uh, everything that's been talked about with running back contracts his long-term future here and and all that comes with that
0: it's certainly a question you know we talked to to Najee harris in the preseason about his role and everything and he seemed content at times but he also seemed like you know he's kind of keeping his mouth shut because he's he said hey my coach Petit has a plan (laughs) And I think that that's where the question is what the plan is. This this segment, by the way, brought to you by the Acquisher Fan Advantage, where all season long we're going to be giving you insights into the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. The Fan Advantage brings you closer to the team than ever featuring. Exclusive answers to your burning questions from Steelers insider right here, Brian Batco, and an in-depth conversation with our opponent's expert. Each week with myself, we have Matt Barrows of the Athletic Niners reporter who will be on, on our Saturday show doing that. So tune in every uh, tune in every Friday to get Brian's questions from you here on the Acresure Fan Advantage, and visit acresure.com slash advantage for more information to, and to, to submit your questions today. And don't forget, check out Saturday when I'm breaking things down with the Niners insider from the Athletic, Matt Barrows. Again, thanks to the Acresure Fan Advantage. Again, visit acresure.com slash fan advantage for more information to submit your questions today. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Brian Batko, breaking things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers. Brian, let's get into what we expect to see Sunday right here at At Acrisure at, uh, at Stadium. We're at Mike's Beer Bar right now. As a reminder, the show is also brought to you by Mike's Mike's Beer Bar. Before we get into that, the first thing, before we, I, I, I want to get hear your biggest key for the game and then a prediction for the game. But for the key for the game, I want to remind everyone that when you're here at Mike's Beer Bar, you can try any of their 500 available beers. The Necromancer Left on Red Beer is a great beer if you're into red ales. And it's part of the Friday flight here. We had Penn Oktoberfest, Penn IPA, Necromancer switching it up with a different brewery here that's local. And left on red is a nice red beer. Great for fall times as we approach September and October, Brian, give us the biggest key that you think the Steelers need to focus on to make sure they pull out a victory Sunday.
1: Yeah. Necromancer right down the road from me in the North Hills in Ross Township. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think in this game, there are so many matchups that you can highlight because of the amount of stars that are on the field. Joe Starkey had a good column on that for us at the PG on Thursday. You can check out on the website. I mean, Geez, I think, you know, we, we talked about the secondary and how both have some question marks going into this year. Of course, we talked about the quarterbacks. You could easily frame this as get a better game out of Kenny Pickett than the Niners get out of Brock Purdy. But I think it's, it's going to be handling the, the lines of scrimmage with this new identity the Steelers have leaned into over the course of this offseason. They did so much to fortify the trenches. And I'll just highlight one guy who isn't really being talked about much in this game, but Cam Hayward, who's the longest tenured Steeler. He, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him every year. You know, he's hungry uh, to, to try to get back to the playoffs. He's a guy who's never won the Super Bowl with the Steelers. You never want to be on those lists of best players to never win the big one here in Pittsburgh. And I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen. This is step one in a long journey. But I think Cam Hayward can come out and set a tone in this game against, to be honest, a pretty pedestrian interior offensive line trio for the Niners. Uh, Their center, Jake Brendel, their guards, Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford. You know They obviously got good enough play out of those guys last year to make the NFC title game. But if Hayward has to be double teamed, if he can wreak havoc against those uh, kind of young, inexperienced linemen, uh, then, then that can you know really make life difficult on Purdy as he does try to get the ball out quick, get it to guys like Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and we know that Kyle Shanahan always has an impressive running game too. So if they can shut that down from the start, allowing T.J. Watt to to really you know get after it, take advantage of first year starter Colton McKivitz at right tackle. Uh, I you know it's always easy to say the point of attack is where you need to win, but uh, I'll go ahead and highlight that just as something that is kind of flying under the radar in a game that otherwise has a ton of big names on both sides of the ball that could really just change the trajectory of how it goes on Sunday at one o'clock.
0: I hear you on that. My key to the game is very similar to yours. And it's, it's about, it's about the stopping the Niners offense. Uh, The defense is certainly a threat here, but I asked Mike Tomlin on Tuesday at his presser about the threat of Brock Purdy and how do you approach him because he's only had like a few games in the NFL to even study on tape and Mike Tomlin's answer was along the lines of what I wanted him to get into and it was that it's not, it's less about Purdy and more about Kyle Shanahan's system that's friendly to Purdy, it makes friendly on quarterbacks and he brought up whether it's Matt Ryan or Sam Donald or Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever's quarterbacking his system at the Falcons or the, or the Niners. It's designed to keep you on a schedule. It's designed to keep you ahead of schedule of the the sticks so that you're not having long down and distances and having to take riskier plays. And it keeps quarterbacks in comfortable positions. And Brock Purdy does a good job of executing that system. And that's part of what's led to his early on success. And so the key is to disrupt that timing. And part of it is what you're talking about. It's about stuffing the run. It's about making sure that they can't get the easy completions that are designed up in plays. Trust your guys to be in the right positions. Trust your corners to challenge the right moments. Make it so that they're in more third and eights, third and nines, so that they have to st- drop back, hold on to the ball a little bit. And when they're in those situations, don't let them get away with quick slants, flat routes, and guys that leave, that leave themselves open. I also think that that's something that the Steelers are kind of tuned for, for for this matchup. All preseason long, even when they gave up a couple receptions here and there to different teams, they made quick tackles. They were limiting yards after the catch, and I think that's a very good sign. For the Steelers defense and how it could play this year, especially against offenses like Kyle Shanahan's and the 49ers, it's time for the big moment, though, Brian. But before we get to our our, our big predictions here on what's going to happen Sunday, one o'clock Eastern Time at Acrisure Stadium, Steelers Niners. I want to go over this last beer here, and it's a very different pace. And this is again the different types of beers that you can get here at Mike's Beer Bar. It's the Coven Spirit Work Saison, and it is a really smooth beer you take the on down it'll be a change of pace from having a red beer an ipa and an oktoberfest but it is a perfect cap onto the friday flight that we have here from mike's beer bar which has over 500 different available beers so if you want to make your own flight you could do that at any point in time and you'll never run out of options because they're also cycling in new beers every single week but brian with all that being said what is your steelers prediction for this game
1: I do think Nick Bosa is a game-changing player, so to to me, that's worth something for the Niners. Maybe he's a little bit rusty, but if he isn't, you know, he's he's going to be a headache for both Dan Moore and Sakura For the Niners, will line him up on either side. Javon Hargrave had a lot of success against the Steelers' interior mm-hmm. last year. Granted, Isaac Sayamalo is now in the mix, so that could change the equation there. But man, I just look at this, and I think uh, I think the Niners do have just maybe one too many options for the uh, new, you know, a kind of rebuilt, reshuffled Steelers defense to deal with. And, you know, as much as George Pickens uh, is going to be a problem for those Niners corners, maybe they can put Trevarius Ward on him and at least try to slow him down a bit. I'll go close game, of course, probably going to be back and forth. But I'll say all the Steelers preseason hype uh, comes to a little bit of a halt in week one, and the Niners pull out a 23-20 victory on the road. I hear you. It's tough It's tough going west to east, but I think that's actually a little bit less of a challenge week one uh, when, you know, you, you've kind of got a, a decent amount of rest going into that game.
0: Absolutely. Before we give our final prediction, I want to remind you the show is also sponsored by GameTime.co. where buying tickets for your favorite events. Shouldn't be stressful. If you want to go to one of the games in the North Shore, Game Time is actually a great way to get tickets, whether it's at Acrisure Stadium for Pit games or for Steelers games or at PNC Park for Pirates games as they close out the close out the year. Just download the Game Time app right to your phone. You can book tickets even up to the last minute where they give you exclusive flash deals on tickets for football games, basketball games, baseball games, concerts, comedy, theater events, anything near you, Game Time is going to have. And they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat because if you find the tickets to the same event that you're at for the, in the same section and row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create Create an account and use code P-I-T-T-PIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms of conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code P-I-T-T-PIT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. My prediction, Brian, I agree. Nick Bosa is a difference maker. I agree that he is a, a, a game changer. But one thing I've been talking to some Niners folks about, and they seem to be a little concerned if he'll be put in at the levels that you'd expect like a TJ Watt to be put in and sure Kyle Shanahan said like hey as long as he doesn't have a beer belly he's playing he's playing Sunday and Nick Bosa uh, stays in shape his mom was talking about in, on local radio about how he eats like a half dozen a half dozen eggs on top of egg whites every day before he works out the guy is fit and ready to go. But there's also being football fit and it's being attuned to the action of taking hits, giving hits all throughout a game, then recharging at night and then going back out and practicing the next day and getting ready for the next game. I think that the the Niners, because Nick Bose has dealt with injuries before, they might kind of cap his his up uh, his play snaps a little bit not a whole lot I think he still plays at least more than half the snaps but maybe not like 80 percent of the snaps like we've seen him play in some of the biggest games that he's had for the 49ers and I think that gives the Steelers a little bit of room here I think the Steelers defense they're going to be just as much of a problem as the Niners defense in this one and I say this goes down to the wire and I think it comes down to Kenny Pickett leading a touchdown drive in the final minutes here at Acreshire Stadium. The Steelers find a way to win 27-23. And that's a and, and they start off with another season opener win, like they did last year against the Bengals, and the year before that against the Bills. And it'll be different this time because those two years, it was the defense carrying the team. The defense, I think, will need to carry a lot of a lot of the weight in this game. But the offense will be a, a difference maker, and that's where I think the Steelers get over on the Niners here. But Anything I need to see them do it in a game that matters first. I, I agree. Yeah. I but, agree. you know, we both have the
1: Niners scoring 23. And I guess, you know, maybe the big difference between your uh, prediction and mine is maybe Kenny Pickett gets into the, uh, you know, into inside the 10 and, you know, throws an incompletion on fourth down instead of hitting uh, – Hitting whoever you choose for a touchdown there, Chris, to make it 27.
0: That there could be a lot of different things. Hey, Brian knows more than me. He but he beat me in preseason fantasy Steelers football. So he <laughs> that's right. Jumped- we
1: can't forget that. That's gotten <laughs> short shrift over the course of this show over the last month. Thank you. Reminding me of
0: that, Chris. (laughs) Absolutely. Brian, thanks so much for joining me here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Thank you all for joining us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Remember, you can find this show Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel for more. We have daily content coming out from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can also catch my conversation with athletics reporter on the San Francisco 49ers, Matt Barrows, as he breaks down more things from the Niners' perspectives on a Saturday episode that we break down here to get you ready for the weekend. Stay here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to keep you up to date at post-gazette.com with all Steelers updates leading up to Sunday. And then we'll see you Sunday and then after the game with all the content getting you ready for post-game after Steelers versus Niners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.